You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you on this Tuesday afternoon as we get ready. For week number seven of the NFL season, I cannot wait. A lot of odd games in week number six, though, that really threw off my game picks. Anyways, we're going to get into that in a few moments. But, JJ, how are you doing today, man? All right, what's going on, man? I'm doing pretty good. Got me a good workout in this morning, man. Got a chance to turn in and do some good notes today. I'm looking forward to these week seven picks and discuss a little bit of week six, man. But overall, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Other than my hideous five and nine record in week six, the the Cowboys took a loss. But you know what? They showed some resiliency and we move forward to week number seven. I can't complain, but I do want to go through some injuries, JJ, that are never good, obviously. A couple of players out for the season. Now, good news on the Dallas Cowboys front. Dak Prescott is on track to play on Sunday against the Lions after missing the last five games with that finger fracture. So that is great news for the Dallas Cowboys. Four and two. Cooper Rush, four and one as a starter. So I think they're in a good position. Now, Carson Wentz, not so good news. He's out four to six weeks with the fractured right ring finger and head coach Ron Rivera announced this morning that Taylor Heineke will start in his absence. Cardinals hit by the injury bug as well. Marquise Brown, he's going to be out at least six weeks with a foot injury. That's why the Cardinals traded for Robbie Anderson on Monday. They are getting DeAndre Hopkins back from his six-game PED suspension. And then they did lose their left guard, Justin Pugh, with a knee injury as did the Rams, Joe Noteboom, and Dolphins corner Nick Needham with torn Achilles, so they're done for the season. And then, how about this one, JJ? Big news going on in Denver. Russell Wilson is undergoing an MRI for a potentially serious hamstring injury, so Russell Wilson has been dealing with that partially torn lat in his shoulder. Now it looks like he picked up a hamstring injury. Yeah, um, that's bad news, Uh Russell, man, I know he's been fighting through a lot of different things from his lat, coming to a new team, fighting, trying to get the offense rolling. 
Um, they're giving a lot of bad bash on him just because of the money they paid him. So um, that's just unfortunate for Russell, man. Those guys, I wish them speedy recoveries. Um, I can't wait to see those guys back out there, including Russ as well. A little injury roundup for you as we get this podcast started, getting warmed up a little bit per se. But here we go, JJ. We're going to get into the player of the week. We've done this segment the last couple of football Sundays, and so let's uh, get into it. So I'll go first mm-hmm. here. I'm going to go with the rookie that has been very impressive, and it's Patriots fourth-round quarterback Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi is winning games for the Patriots. You know, Mac Jones has been out with that high ankle sprain. But the Patriots offense, interestingly enough, J.J., has looked better with Bailey Zappi. He's 2-0 as a starter. He's helped the Patriots get back to 500. They're 3-3 after six weeks. And he made history as well. He became the first rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl era. 1967 to present to win his first two starts and tally a quarterback rating of 100 or better in those matchups. 100 quarterback rating against the Lions, 118.4 against the Browns, and then even mm-hmm. 107.4 against the Packers when he took over for an injured Brian Hoyer after that first quarter. So Bailey Zappi, JJ, has this Patriots offense looking a little bit more crisp He's making the throws he needs to. He's being smart with the ball. This Patriots yeah. team went into Cleveland and put a whipping on the Browns. And so Bailey Zappi had a big part to do with that. So he's my player of the week. So Yeah, man, good pick. This guy here is making the most of his opportunity. Uh, he's seizing the moment. And like I say, he's not just playing against any old pushover teams. We all know the defense that the Browns have with those pass rushers and the secondary they have. The Packers as well. They're going to a high-style environment up in uh, Lambeau Field and get that job done as well. And, um, and, man, like I say, you know, Willie Pip. If you haven't heard of Willie Pip, look him up. He was a guy that was on the bench. and One of the starters in front of him got hurt. Uh, Willie Pip got a chance to go play baseball. And um, the guy behind, the guy that was in front of him never got a chance to see the field again, man. So Zapp is doing a great job of seizing the moment. And um, hats off to him and the Patriots team and where they're turning around over the last few weeks. My player of the week is coming from uh, defensive side of the ball. This guy here is drafted from Florida. Uh, 2019 round four pick 105 from New Orleans traded him in the offseason this offseason up to Philly I know you're going to hate no, me for it no, man no, I know no, you're going to hate man. me for it no, man. JJ, hey, Johnson, hey, man don't even I don't want to hear you man I don't want to hear you <laughs> man the going here man this guy has turned the secondary around man he really has he stood out to me man you know how I am about my defensive guys defensive backs his stats are speaking for himself 28 solo tackles Three interceptions, four pass deflections. He had two of them against a great team in the Cowboys, man. This guy here, when his presence is out there, he's making it known. He's making this defense presence secondary even better with its slay and James Bradbury on the other side. And when he when he went out, Dallas Cowboys drove the ball, man. So with a guy like this making a statement on a new team and going in here and making good plays when they needed the most, man. My hat is off to C.J. Gardner and Johnson. I'm going to go ahead and keep my hat on. I'm not going to tip it to him, <laughs> man. But, uh, he was really good. And, and you know why he's playing even better this year, J.J.? Why is that? Because he's in a contract year, and he wants to get paid. Right, 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 right. And, um, and yeah, he's deserving of it, man. He did a lot of great things in New Orleans as well. Uh, he's versatile, which is hard to find nowadays playing the nickel position and now going back and playing safety and being effective. It's one thing to be out there, but it's one thing to be effective and and to make an impact wherever you go at. Um, that's what we need more on the defensive side of the ball, more so in the secondary. And it's hard to find those versatility guys 
And, uh, man, he's playing some great ball right now. I'm excited for him, and I hope he gets this payday that he deserves. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the most disappointing loss of week six. All right, JJ, there were plenty to choose from because, like I said, I feel like the NFL was kind of drunk on Sunday and Monday because, like, I saw some results that were like, what? How is that even possible? You go to Pittsburgh over Tampa and considering all the guys, they were down. But I'm going to go again, and, and I've had my fair share of issues and just questioning this team on the podcast this year and i'm gonna go with the baltimore ravens again jj head scratching loss 24 20 the giants yes we know shockingly right they're five and one they keep on winning but the ravens i mean they have blown leads three times this season right now they're three and three okay they were up big on the dolphins blew that one they were up big on the buffalo bills Blew that one, right? Now they were up 20-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter against the New York Giants, and they blew that one. Another late-game collapse from this Baltimore Ravens team, JJ. If you take those three games, or even two of the three, this is a 5-1 football team, or at best, 6-0. and I mean, this team could be undefeated right now. They could have really taken advantage of the Bengals' slow start of the Steelers and their quarterback issues and changing from Trubisky to Pickett and they're without TJ Watt, their star player. I mean, they could have really taken charge of the AFC North division. Instead, they lose another game in horrible fashion. They're three and three. Lamar Jackson didn't play his best game again, turning over the ball Lost that fumble at the end. And John Harbaugh looks a little bit in disarray on the sidelines. You got Marlon Humphrey coming out and putting cryptic tweets on on social media that potentially calling out his coaches. Of course, you had the whole Marcus Peters clash with John Harbaugh a couple weeks ago. There's rumors swirling about Harbaugh. Has he lost the locker room? I mean, things aren't jiving very well in Baltimore right right now. And it's just a shame because they're uber talented on both sides of the ball. But when you have these three collapses, JJ, including Sunday in New York, when you're facing your former defensive coordinator and wing Martindale and you can't close it out, it's a bad look, man. So I say the Baltimore Ravens, that's got to be the most disappointing loss of week six. Yeah, uh, I think we both spoke on Baltimore going into the year, how we had high expectations for them, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And as far as Lamar Jackson, because we all know he deserves his bag and that he's going to get eventually. But, man, to these losses that they have to Miami, like you say, the Giants as well, this is just wins. Not even the Miami um, loss, but to the Giants, this is wins that we got to go in there, take care of business, and win, man. And Because at the end of the day, we know when it comes December, January, these are the games that can come back and bite you in the end, that can make or break you from getting into the playoffs and getting into that push and the run and, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, um, in the late end of the season, man. So it's just disappointing because I, I want a lot for Lamar Jackson. John Harbaugh, I have a lot of respect for him. Like I say, there was a team that I watched and grew up with, had a lot of respect with when I was growing up, as well as playing in the league. I always admired the safeties and the defensive back that they had around their organization, man. And I just hope they get a chance to turn around. We still know it's a lot of football left, but 
these are the games and this is critical time in the moment it's November, December, where you need to get these wins that you got to cash in and cash out. So um, I agree with you on that. Uh, I mean, uh, Baltimore has been a team that's, that's kind of let me down over the last few weeks, but I think they can get things turned around. They have the coaching staff and a, and a, a great players. Deshaun uh, Jackson took a visit up there. So hopefully they can get things turned around and get Lamar Jackson up on the offensive side of the ball to so that they can get things turned around on the scoring side of things. Uh, mine's going to be the Denver Broncos, man. I just, I had, like I told you, I knew it was going to take a while for them to kind of get their feet wet and get get going and get in the groove. But, man, the, the losses that they have and just, just the offensive side of the ball, man, I had high expectations for Russ. Uh, the repertoire that he's built over the last few years up in Seattle. Um, I just don't know if he's into it anymore or what is going on. Melvin Gordon is going to drop down to the third string running back. He's not getting touches at all now. Uh, they had Latavius Murray doing a lot more touches. The defensive side of the ball, they still have uh, great players. They hold the teams to, like I said, to significant. They're not getting blowed out due to the uh, due to the defense. So that's great, man. They got a great cornerback over there, Pedro Satan, that I study and watch to this day. He does a lot of great things. He's actually following your best receiver, too. So, you know, I just don't know. They have, they have a lot of great weapons on offense. And I just don't understand why they just can't click, you know, from a pass. I don't know if you go to screens or, or you know, do short things like the receiver because they have a lot of great receivers that can catch the ball and get busy after the catch and stuff like that. And they have running backs uh, by the pair of that bring different things and different utilities to the backfield, too. So um, I'm just disappointed right now with Denver, man. I spent a little bit more from them. I think everybody did. Uh, I think there's expectations of Russ is always be high. But he's a guy that can fulfill him. And um, I'm hoping they can get things turned around once he get back and, man, just get the mojo going because, you know, they they, they, deserve, they deserve a lot and, and they have a lot of firepower over there as well. Russell Wilson potentially facing another absence. We'll see what that MRI looks like on that hamstring. But, yeah, they look bad. There's no other way to put it on offense, especially, you know, defensively. They have been the reason why the Broncos are not winless. The defense led by Sertan and, you know, mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb is having himself a year, and, and they really kept the Broncos in it last night against the Chargers, shutting down Justin Herbert, shutting down Mike Williams. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, it, it doesn't look very promising for him right now after six weeks. He looks lost on the sideline. I'm looking at Melvin Gordon and Jerry Judy and yeah. all these guys, their body language, J.J., it looks bad, man. It looks really bad when when the camera angles show these players that are shaking their heads and they're questioning Hackett. Like, does this guy even know what he's doing? I mean, they have right. so much talent to see those athletes on the field. And even go back to that loss where K.J. Hamler had that tantrum where he threw his helmet on the ground because he was wide open and Russell Wilson didn't throw him the ball. And they ended up losing on Thursday Night Football against the Colts. And Hamler is going off there. And he's questioning things in the media. And so it's just a really bad situation in Denver right now. And and you take a temperature of the fan base right now, JJ. And yeah. my gosh, you're going to get third-degree burns because they are heated. I, I think it's a lot of emotional things. Like you say, I think the players are losing faith. And Nathaniel as well, you know, as a coach. Uh, your first year, you know, your first team, your first year with your team, new team, you have to come in and establish that trust and that accountability. And I think right now, man, they just trying to figure it out. 
And you know, Nathan is not just he's not he's not getting it done right now. But um, um, I I know John Elway. He's know what it takes to get over the hump. He knows that it takes these trials and errors to find your best players and to find that fine little tune to get them moving and going. So they're going to find motivation other ways. Um, I don't know if it's going to be through the front office or through the head coach. A player is going to have to step in there and do. Um, the defensive side of the ball might have to step up and, hey, take over the meets, man, and, and get them to believe in themselves again. So once they start doing that, I think we'll see a better team. But as of right now, man, I hope they get it together here shortly. They may be going with Rippian at quarterback if Russell Wilson has to miss some time. But here we go. Let's get into Week 7 picks. All right. Now, these are the teams that are on by right now. The Buffalo Bills 5-1, and one, the Eagles 6-0, and oh, Rams 3-3, three and three, Vikings 5-1. and one. So they're probably out in Cabo, San Lucas, uh, vacationing as we do this podcast right now. They're on a bye week. Here we go. Uh, matchup number one, starting on Thursday Night Football, Saints at Cardinals. Both of these teams, surprisingly, JJ, 2-4. and four. So a couple of games below 500 now. The quarterback situation a little bit murky for the Saints because Jameis Winston has missed the last couple of games with that back injury. He's been dealing with those four back fractures. And Andy Dalton, who has stepped in admirably, he suffered a back injury on Sunday. And so he was limited yesterday. So really right now, there's no telling who's going to be the quarterback on Thursday night. But for the Cardinals, we do know it'll be Kyler Murray. We do know that DeAndre Hopkins will be back in the mix. Robbie Anderson is not expected to make his team debut too short of a turnaround. Marquise Brown's out, so they may be short on wide receivers. I had a little bit of a tough time because both of these teams right now, I almost want to say it's a must win for both because Arizona, talk about disappointing losses. They were a pretty strong contender on Sunday. Just again, not looking good, looking lethargic. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, another head coach out there that has taken some heat for his in-game management and his play calling has been criticized and not putting his players in positions to succeed. Meanwhile, with the Saints, you know, defensively, they are not meeting expectations. They went out and got Tyron Matthew and Marcus May, and, and they bolstered that secondary, but they're looking like one of the worst units in the league. And so both of these teams are looking for some common ground. But with all that being said, I'm going to roll with the Cardinals here, JJ. They'll be at home in the desert, especially considering the Saints, the uncertainty at the quarterback position. Once again, put a little bit of confidence in Kyler Murray to wake up from this slumber he's been in these last six weeks and do enough to lead this Cardinals team to a victory. I think Hopkins, his return will be the difference in this game. It'll open up that offense a little bit more. So give me Arizona in a relatively low-scoring game, 23-20. I think they take it by a field goal. Yeah, man, these two teams here really dropped the ball and disappointed me in a way, man. Um, I spent a lot more, like you say, they have all the star power on the defense for the Saints. Um, The Cardinals had everybody coming back. Like I said, they had a deep run last year in the playoffs. Kyler Murray got the money that he deserved. I mean, we just haven't seen it. We just haven't seen the ick factor either. Uh, For the Saints, I think it's more so the corner play and also it's too much firepower, too much star power on the defensive side of the ball because there's no way that you have the Honey Badger and Marcus May off the year that he had coming off the Jets. And the cornerbacks that they have out there, the Saints, that they should be getting torched to where they are. But um, like you said, man, I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. 
I think with uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming back, it gives them an extra boost. And then when Robbie Anderson get back as well, I think that'll give them a, another boost outside to kind of stretch the field a little bit. I think their defense is still intact uh, with Buda Baker. I think they get a chance to turn things around this week versus the Saints. So give me Arizona Cardinals as well. Browns at Ravens here, JJ. Just talked about the Ravens, the disappointment, losing those three games, unable to hold the lead in the fourth quarter. Browns coming off an ugly loss to the New England Patriots. They haven't looked very good. I'm going to go with the Ravens here, but cautiously because, again, I don't know what I'm going to see from this Ravens team from week to week. I do think they get it done, though, this time in front of their home fans. It'll be close, 27-23. Jadavian Clowney, Denzel Ward, they should be back on the field for the Browns. They were ruled out last week, so that will make things a little bit more challenging for the Ravens offensively. But Lamar Jackson, I think, makes enough plays to get that win for the Ravens, 27-23. Yeah, um, I, I definitely see your point of view with that one. I think Lamar Jackson does play better when he's home in front of his crowd. But I think if the Cleveland Browns, man, they can get back to the basics, which is running their two-headed monsters, spreading them out with Amari Cooper as well as David, and their defenses play sound. If, if Baltimore Ravens had a little bit more weapons on the offensive side of the ball, maybe if they do bring Deshaun Jackson in there to stretch the fill out some for Lamar Jackson, I can feel comfortable going with them. But I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns here. I feel that they're a little bit more complete sound on defense. They're not going to get too stretched out on defense because of the limited weapons that Lamar Jackson has. And they play each other and pretty familiar with each other as well. So I'm going to go Cleveland Browns here. All right, now Buccaneers at Panthers, J.J. The Bucks again with an ugly loss on Sunday to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tom Brady chewing out his offensive line. You know, that goes viral. Things aren't all rosy and beautiful mm-hmm. in Tampa right now. It's not looking good. But good news for Tampa, right? Well, at least we can think so, right? They're playing the Panthers who are 1-5. Things have unraveled for their organization, firing Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes, interim head coach, the fallout with Robbie Anderson on the sideline. I mean, things aren't going yeah. well for the Carolina Panthers either. And so while I am a little bit reluctant to go with Tampa Bay, considering their struggles, especially on offense, it's that defense in Tampa that is the backbone of that franchise. And as long as Devin White and Levante David are manning that linebacking unit, I'm going to pick Tampa in this game, 26-16. I still think that offense is going to be a little bit slow moving. They haven't necessarily found that rhythm, but they're up against Carolina. It's more than likely going to be P.J. Walker again for Carolina with Baker Mayfield out. So I think Tampa is able to squeeze out a victory by 10, 26-16. Yeah, I think everybody knews, uh, knew going into the year what Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was coming back to. They knew that Todd Bowles, the kind of uh, influence that he is and the defensive mind side of things that he does, too. But, you know, it's all about how you respond, man, once you're down and how you get, you know, punched in the face. Every boxer does good when they're when they're when they're not sparring or going into the ring. But once you get punched is how you respond, man. So I want to see how Tampa Bay responds. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? 
picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. After going up to Pittsburgh and losing, uh, we all know that, you know, Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady. He's going to find a way to get it done. And I think this week they find a way to get it done up in Carolina. So I'm going to Tampa Bay as well. Rolling on here, we have the Falcons at Bengals. Both of these teams, 3-3 three and three Atlanta with an impressive win at home against the San Francisco 49ers. Bengals knocking off the Saints on the road like I picked. I stuck with Joe Burrow. They proved me right. So now here in this one, J.J., I'm going to roll again with Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a team that stumbled out of the gates. We saw them looking very uninspiring on offense, but they're finding their rhythm slowly. They're adapting defensively. They're starting to get more push from that front seven. Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard causing some havoc for opposing offenses. The Falcons, though, you know, smash mouth team. They're still without Corderell Patterson, who's a big part of that offense. I just think on the road, in the jungle, Cincinnati gets it done, 31-17. Yeah, I like my Falcons, man. I, I do. I'm, you know, I'm a home team guy um, here now in Atlanta as well. Um, I don't know if the secondary, I know they got a couple banged up. I know A.J. Terrell was hurting during the game, as well as Casey Hayward. I think he is a little bit more long-term, as well as, as well as Isaiah Oliver as well, too. So, But they, they still find a way to get it done. If they keep doing what they're doing, which is running the ball, Arthur Smith is being very, very uh, – um, uh, he emphasized the importance of running the ball, man. He's bringing old school smash football, which I think their team is kind of getting a groove for and finding some success in it, man. So I'm going to go Atlanta Falcons here to go up to the Cincinnati Bengals and pull off a close one with the ground with the ground game and finding Kyle Pitts again to get in the road and to get the W. Lions at Cowboys. Detroit 1-4 coming off a of bye week. Cowboys 4-2 coming off that loss in Philadelphia. It was their first in four weeks. Now they get Dak Prescott back, as I mentioned at the top of the broadcast. He looks like he's going to get medically cleared today. And we finally get to see the return of number four under center back at AT AT&T Stadium. Now, JJ, this game, though, I understand you look at it on paper. One and four Lions team. But I am still a little bit nervous because Detroit, coming off a bye week, had that extra time to get some players healthy. You know, DeAndre Swift, I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to be back after missing a couple of games with that sprained shoulder. Amon Ross St. Brown has also been dealing with an ankle injury. You can imagine that he used that bye week to get healthy. And this Lions offense, the first five weeks of the season, JJ, one of the top in the NFL, the number one scoring offense. So they can put up points. I know that they laid an egg in New England, but they were without a lot of key playmakers. And you see TJ Hawkinson is starting to showcase his ability to be a threat at tight end. So I think this is going to be way closer 
And some people are going to predict, I'm still going to go with the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's presence is going to be enough. He may show some rust in the first half as he works his way back into game condition. Dallas is going to have their hands full with a very tough, gritty Lions team that is better than what their record indicates. I'll still go with the Cowboys 26-24, but in a close one. Yeah, no worries with that one, man. Hey, Detroit Lions, hey, man, just bring me in, man. I'm in, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm ready to go. I can help you out, Aaron Glenn. I know your defense. We got the same mindset. We think alike. Just bring my guy. Bring me in, man. Just give me a workout or something, man. But Dallas Cowboys, I, I like what they're doing, man. I think, like I say, it, was a, it wasn't a bad loss. Philadelphia Eagles playing some good ball. They have all their pieces together. Dallas was kind of shortchanged a little bit, but they still brought it and still showed competition and still showed a great uh, sense on the defensive side of the ball. The offense still finds some ways to get in the rhythm. I think Zeke is getting his groove. They're not wearing, tearing him down. They find this perfect repetition between giving him mixes with Tony Pollard. So I think it's, everything's going to be good. They had a couple of good young tight ends that stepped up too as well. So give me Dallas Cowboys, man, that defense to go um, go back home and get this W um, and get that on the winning streak. Here we go. Giants 5-1 and one at the Jaguars 2-4. and four. Again, Jaguars, another one of those teams that have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. A lot of young players too. Doug Peterson, first year as the head coach there in Jacksonville. They had a couple of big time wins especially that throttling over the Chargers on the road that had everybody in the NFL talking about wow man this Jaguars team they could take this AFC South division by storm well they came back down to reality the last couple of weeks they're two and four now JJ but here is the Isaac special upset pick of the week right here JJ Jacksonville Mm. they have done it for me once this year I think they can do it again at home the Giants team that, yes, give credit to Brian DeBall. He is doing a fantastic job coaching this Giants team that is lacking so much talent on both sides of the ball, right? But the Jaguars, if they can play up to their potential and Trevor Lawrence can be consistent and they can continue to feed Travis Etienne the ball and get James Robinson the ball and Marvin Jones, hopefully he's back healthy, Zay Jones. They have the tools and the weapons to be a very dynamic team, especially that front seven with Walker, the number one overall pick, and then Josh Allen on the other end. So there's no excuse, JJ, for this Jacksonville team to not be a competent squad. And so Sunday, I think they show that 24-21, they beat the Giants, who are all of a sudden the talk of the league. Doug Peterson gets his team a big-time win. So give me Jacksonville, JJ. Upset pick of the week right here. Mm, mm, mm. Not so fast, my friend. I'm going with the G-Man up in New York, coming down to Duval and taking care of business and taking care of business in the Big Apple too, man. I like what they're doing at the Giants. The Giants is rolling. They don't have the star power on offense or defense, but they're playing complimentary football. And at the end of the day, it's a team sport, man. These guys are believing in Brian, and he is bringing the juice and the culture that these guys have. They're feeding off their MVP running back back there. Saquon is back. We all know what type of player he was when he was healthy, and he's showing that he's coming with a statement. Daniel Jones is doing, you know, he's not doing – too bad. He's not turning the ball over like he usually do. They're not putting it all in his hands 
Why would you do that when you got a running back like Saquon? The defense is playing great job. Like I say, they got a defensive coordinator that understands what they got. They don't have the star power that they usually do up in Baltimore, but he got enough to get it done, man. The special team is playing solid too. So I think they go down to Jacksonville to take care of business and head back up to the Big Apple with the W. All right, now Colts at Titans. Indianapolis 3-2-1, Titans 3-2. This is another big matchup. The Tennessee Titans got the better end of the Colts in Indianapolis a couple of weeks ago. Now they're in Tennessee. I'm going to go with Tennessee here, 23-16. The Colts offensively, I know Matt Ryan finally threw for over 330 yards passing, but it still took them a while to get going. Jonathan Taylor was ruled out. Maybe he's back. But Tennessee right now, I like the fact that they're coming off a bye week. They're back fully healthy. Derrick Henry's running really well. Ryan Tannehill is making the passes down the field very efficient. The same type of quarterback we had seen the last couple of seasons. So Tennessee, I like them to win this one 23-16. I think they once again sweep the season series over the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, man, I'm going Tennessee King Henry all day, man. Enough said with that one. I'm going King Henry, my boy Bud Dupree, uh, to come off that edge rush and get Matt Ryan to the ground. We all know how up and down Matt Ryan has been this year. I think Tennessee does a great job. I think they have that number once to come to the Colts. I think they go home, take care of business, give it to him. He has over 150 yards rushing, and he can get the W down, and Tennessee pulls it off. Green Bay Packers 3-3, three and three. Commanders 2-4. and four. Ron Rivetta, as I talked about, naming Taylor Heineke the starting quarterback while Carson Wentz deals with that right finger injury. Now the Packers, again, another candidate that could have been the most disappointing loss of Week 6. JJ, I really don't know what else to say. I mean, their offense <laughs> just looks like a peewee football team out there. Aaron Rodgers looks clueless. They look out of sync. He's being hit every single play. They're not feeding the ball to Aaron Jones enough, who's a dynamic playmaker. The list of issues is very long for the Green Bay Packers right now. But fortunately for them, they're playing a franchise that is just about as incompetent as they are, who's going to be rolling out <laughs> with a backup quarterback, JJ. So for Green Bay, they get lucky, and they're going to still play a very, very tightly contested ball game against a Washington team that may be coming out a little bit more motivated, now coming off a win over Chicago. Heineke is not bad either. Heineke played in a playoff game against Tampa and kept them in the game. So let's not overlook yeah. Taylor Heineke. The guy can play. Mm -hmm. And one thing about him is he knows how to utilize his weapons. He knows how to target Terry McLaurin. He knows how to get the ball down the field without all those turnovers that Carson Wentz can sometimes be known for. But I'm going to say don't sleep on the commanders here, but... I have to give a slight edge to Green Bay. I mean, and if they lose this one, JJ, I think uh, Packers faithful are, are going to go into a full-down meltdown. But uh, Green Bay 23-21 here for me. Oh, man, I, I, I just don't know, man. Green Bay has been so shaky this year. If you look at the stats when Tyler Heineke get in there, man, he was a guy that was coming in and fighting for the star spot until they got Carson went in the trade, and he does a great job once he gets in there, man. He sees every moment the opportunity he did. He took him to the playoffs towards the end of the year last year. Uh, so um, it's, it's not an easy one here. I want, I'm, I'm going to go upset here, man. I want Tyler Heineken to do it from Old Dominion. Uh, Division One AA guy when I was playing, I had a chance to play against him up there. He was a guy that broke records up there as well, too, in the passing the ball. So give me my upset right here, man. I don't know if Green Bay can do it. I don't think they receivers – 
Um, I just don't understand what's going on. They have to get back to running their two-headed monsters back there in Green Bay, but I just don't think they're able to pull it off in Washington. I think Tyler Heineke get a chance to show his statement again and show why he was a guy that was supposed to be starred um, for the NFL, and I think he's get a chance to showcase and to pull it off here. The Jets 4-2 and two at the Broncos 2-4. and four. Talked a little bit about the dysfunction going on in Denver right now. They lost last night to the Chargers 2-4 and four now. The Jets, big win over the Packers. They're now 4-2. and two. Robert Sala has this team believing in each other. Zach Wilson is playing some really efficient football. How about Brees Hole, who's out there breaking tackles and providing that Jets offense with a big-time spark defensively. Quinnen Williams is showing up as well. This Jets team is fun to watch and they're headed in the right direction so JJ I think they take the road in Denver and they win a third consecutive game low scoring affair though 17-16 because that Denver defense is not going to make life easy for Zach Wilson and the Jets offense but I think they do just enough to get the win we'll see if Russell Wilson will be starting but nonetheless the Jets I think they keep the train rolling here 17-16 yeah, I like the Jets here too, man. They're playing good ball on defense. They're not beating themselves. They're not shooting themselves in the foot. Wilson is doing a good job of keeping the ball to a minimum and running the ball with Hall, man. Hall is taking off, man. If you look at him over the last two or three games, he had over 100 yard rushing each game, man. And he's doing a good job with the ground attack. Sauce Garden on the outside. I just don't see. I think they got enough weapons on the Jets' defense to be able to pull it off. So give me Jets here. Texans 1-3-1 at the Raiders 1-4. Now, J.J., I'm going to be pretty quick here. I like Vegas. They're 1-4. You know, the Texans, though, I know that they have played teams a little bit more tough defensively. Uh, Lovey Smith has that defense led by Jalen Petrie, my guy. I interviewed him coming out of Baylor, who's been a fantastic rookie. Talked about him. He was my pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And you know what? He may be on course for that as well, considering the turnovers that he's been forcing. But Vegas, this is a get-right game for them coming off a of bye week. They have to look more sharp on offense and especially defensively. I know Nate Hobbs is on IR, one of their starting corners, but they're going to have to get going under Patrick Graham on defense. Vegas is at home. They'll feed off Raider Nation, look for a big bounce-back game from Derek Carr. 30-20, to 20, I'll take the Vegas Raiders here. Yeah, I'm going to go Las Vegas Raiders. I think it's time for them. I think they had a chance to get through their first little couple of games, preseason-ish. Uh, like I say, Josh McDaniels got a chance to kind of get his feet wet, understand the strength of his team, had an extra week to evaluate. I think they get a chance to figure out to get on the roll here. Give me give me Raiders as well. Seahawks at Chargers. Seattle and Geno Smith once again just staying afloat. Three and three, 500. The Chargers moved to four and two after last night's win. This one was really tough for me because Seattle is a team that you cannot take lightly. They're young DBs. And how about shout out to Tariq Woolen, UTSA yeah. Roadrunner, is showing out out there for the Seattle defense. I'm going to give it to the Chargers in a tight one, though, J.J. 24-17, Justin Herbert. They should have Keenan Allen back in the mix. But I will say this. How about Kenneth Walker, the rookie running back, going off for a touchdown, almost 100 yards on the ground. Sadly, Rashad Penny out for the season. But Kenneth Walker, fun running back to watch. Seattle is a youth-infused team. I just think the Chargers do just enough at home, J.J., to get this win. 
Yeah, I agree with you. If you remember back, uh, Kendrick Walker was one of my rookies that I had that I was going to be one on the lookout for. He's a guy that did the same thing he was doing now, was doing it in college, running between the tackles, making the, uh, making the big 20-yard runs plus down the field. But I think the Chargers defense, I think they had a close one last uh, last night, but I think they get a chance to put it together here. I think their defense is going to be a little too much for Geno Smith and the offense for uh, Seattle, so give me charges as well. Chiefs at 49ers. This one will be 325 p.m. kickoff on Fox. Now, this is a rematch of the Super Bowl. We all know how that one went, and I was tempted to go with the Niners, JJ. Too many key players out for the Niners on defense. Obviously, we know Nick Bosa. He's been out with that groin injury. Now, Traverius Ward, their standout corners out. Emmanuel Mosley, he tore his ACL. Jimmy Ward has a broken hand, so he's still out. I mean, they just have way too many guys out on defense, I think, for them to control Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense for a full four quarters. With that being said, I'm going to go with the Chiefs here 30-23 to over the San Francisco 49ers. I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has been able to generate enough offense to have a shot to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I like what Kansas City is doing as well. We know they t- lost a close one, but hey, that was one of the battles of the AFC, one of the top teams in the AFC uh, like you say, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo, since he had a chance to come off the backup role, that he's really won over the offense or or what's going on. I don't know if he's really in or really half out, but Kyle Shanahan always does a good job of piecing together. But I think it's just the Chiefs are coming off a bad taste in their mouth and they want to come out and make another statement. And we all know how Mahomes responds after a loss. So give me Kansas City here as well. Now two primetime matchups left here in week seven. JJ, the Steelers two and four at the Dolphins three and three. The Dolphins have lost three straight games after being the NFL darlings. The first three weeks they went three and oh. Mike McDaniel was all over the headlines. And then of course the injury to Tua and all that bad PR that went their way with the investigation. And then Skylar Thompson, the rookie starting on Sunday, losing to the Vikings. And so things have gone downhill really fast for Miami this season. The Steelers though, coming off a high how about that an unexpected win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Kenny Pickett in concussion protocol but is expected to start on Sunday night as long as he clears protocol according to Mike Tomlin now this one I think is another close game just because Pittsburgh's defense has been playing Mm -hmm. a little bit better now on the back end they're going to get healthy surely we'll get Minka Fitzpatrick Pat Fryermuth back who uh, was in concussion protocol but with the return of Tua, Tonga Vailoa, JJ, I'm going to give it to the Dolphins here, 26-17. I think he's able to get back to what worked in the first three weeks of the season, targeting Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Miami, they finally are able to snap that three-game losing streak with their quarterback back under center. Tua helps them do that. Miami takes it over Pittsburgh. Mm, that's a good pick, man. Tua is coming back. I think he was emotional train for those uh, we all know um, how much of an impact he is. Just in general, his presence alone does a lot, um, even when he was in college and doing different things here. So uh, I do understand and see where you're coming from with there. But I think Pittsburgh is – Mike Tumlin has is, is got some fire underneath them. I think he feels, the, you know, not even the hot seat, but just the urgency that it needs to be in Pittsburgh. I think they find out a way to do it. I think they're going to mix it up, bring the different pressures and different things. I think Tua is still getting his feet wet. Might be a little nervous to kind of get back and get back hit and different things, but you know Mike Tumlin and the and the Blitzbergs is going to find a way to blitz them and get after them. I think that confused Tua and that kind of makes them uncomfortable. I think they find a way to and uh, comes down to a kick 
from um, the kicker up in uh, Pittsburgh to find a way to get it done. I'm going Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, shout out to my guy Alex Highsmith, who's been playing some really formidable football coming off the edge. Charlotte interviewed him, so he's been playing some good football in the wake of T.J. Watt's absence. So that should be a good game now to close out Week 7. Monday Night Football, the Bears 2-4 and four at the New England Patriots. 3-3, three and three, the Patriots are rolling and firing on all cylinders. Talked about Bailey Zappi, who is my player of the week. Now, Bill Belichick, J.J., has been noncommittal about who's going to be the starting quarterback on Monday night. Of course, they do have that extra day, so he's in no rush to let the media know who's going to start. We don't know Mac Jones, if he's going to be ready to go. And then, of course, there's a little bit of that quarterback controversy brewing because that offense has looked really good with Bailey Zappi. So we'll see as the week goes on who's going to get the start for New England. But regardless of who's starting, J.J., I really like New England here just because they've been able to establish that rushing attack. Ramondre Stevenson has been a beast on the ground, averaging close to 100 yards these last three games. And so New England, especially tightening the screws in the secondary. Jack Jones has been playing good. Jonathan Jones hopefully should be back on the field. I think New England gets it done at home in primetime. The Bears, I haven't seen enough from their offense to be confident in going with Chicago, especially on the road. But New England here, J.J., 24-13. Yeah, I don't think Chicago has. They haven't figured it out on offense yet. Justin Fields is still running. Um, He's not finding a way to get comfortable. And I think, like you say, the offensive line is still trying to figure out. They're still trying to figure out the weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And I think New England is trying to snake a statement. We all know how Bill Belichick uh, responds to adversity and challenges. And he did a great job of finding Zap. Zap did a good job of finding his rhythm. And I think they get a chance to pull it off here on Monday Night Football in front of the world. I think New England Patriots pull it off here. So there you have it, week seven picks and analysis. And so, JJ, again, man, looking forward to another good week of football. Can't believe we're ready. Week seven of the NFL season. Things are flying by. It's always fun on the podcast discussing these headlines. And uh, let's hope for some good games starting in a couple of nights on Thursday night. Appreciate your time, brother. Have a blessed rest of the day. Hey, same to you, Isaac, man. I appreciate it. You know, it's always a pleasure. And, man, don't feel too bad, man. No Cowboys are going to respond back for you, man, bring you back to life. So, All good, man. I hope you have a great week, and I'm looking forward to week seven. Same here, brother, and I hope you're right. Hopefully uh, next Tuesday I'll be a little bit more jolly with the Cowboys win. (laughs) Sounds good, man. All right, take it easy. All All right, brother. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.